Yes. Yes, yes, yes. We are back for another it is the black the moon film from Scott Derrickson right co-wrote it with C. Robert Cargill and it's an adaptation of a Joe novel yes starring Ethan Jeremy Davis James Ransom James Ransom um, Mason Tens, Madeline McGraw, Banks of Uday, and number nine Now it is the origin story personal toy based on, you know what I mean? Picture, you got Chris Evans, Palmer, Dale Sanus, James Brolin, Mary Ramirez, and Isaiah Jr. throwing their voices into the first this is from Morgan Matthews, written by Daniel Brooks, and Gemma Rogers. So, seven, it is the final part. Of uh, Trip Trilogy. This is Jurassic Park Dominion. Mamudu Athi, Isabella Sampson, Campbell Scott, Production, go to the cinema and watch this play. 
checking out Mortal Kombat, right, it dropped last year, and, you know, from all accounts, from everything I heard, this was solid, right, it was another solid video game adaptation, and supposedly a, a huge, huge improvement from our previous two films, so, you know, I mean, there's we had the first Mortal Kombat film, right? And, um, yeah, that was, that wasn't great. <laughs> Paul, Paul W.S. Anderson, you know? Um, yeah, he gave us our first one in 95. Then we had Mortal Kombat Annihilation from John R. Leonotti in 97 right so if the second one was annihilation maybe right maybe this is a mortal combat rehabilitation you know what i mean Whew. although right i think we wouldn't have got this if it wasn't for those shorts right I think it was what back in two, 2010, we had that series of short films that were, were on uh, YouTube and were, you know, pretty. I, I think it was pretty successful. I think everyone enjoyed them, right? But it was the the build up to a tournament. We didn't see 
the tournament itself, which was a little, uh, you know, a little bit frustrating. Because I think you just wanted to see where it was going to go, right? What was going to happen. But, you know, I, I think it still set a nice scene. Um, so that was decent. But, yeah, this new one, this new Mortal Kombat, it is the featured directorial debut from Simon McQuid, right? It is written by Greg Russo and David Callahan. Supposedly the story is from Russo and Orin Uziel, right? So... The, the the film is produced by James Wan, E. Bennett Walsh, uh, Simon McQuid, Todd Garner. It is executive produced by Richard Brenner, Michael Clear, Lawrence Kazanoff, Dave Nistrader, Victoria Palmieri. Sean Robbins, and Jeremy Stein. And the interesting thing about it all, right, there's no mention, no mention of all, of, um, fuck, what's homie's name? Uh, God damn it, it's um, bloody, oh, God damn it, I can't forget. The dude's name that did the uh, TV series, the YouTube series. Um, yeah, no, mine's gone a blank. Mine has gone a blank. But, yeah, it's interesting because he was, um, yeah, supposedly they were working with him to create, like, the new thing. But, yeah, no... Uh, no word on what happened with that situation. So, hmm. I mean, it's a bit of a shame. Because, you know, I, mean, I think uh, Kevin Tancharoon. Kevin Tancharoon? Something like that, right? Um, yeah, so I'm curious about what happened with that. Anyway, the music is from Benjamin Wolfisch. Cinematography is Jermaine McMicking. It's edited by Scott Gray and Dan Lebentel. Casting was Rich Delia and Tristan Hale. Production design is Naman Marshall. Art direction is Loretta Cosgrove. Dash Ankamura Jushi. Tom Nursey. Delphine Racon and Michael Turner. Set decoration was Roland Pike. Costume design is Cappy Island. And our cast. Well, 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 well. We have got Cole Young. Create um it's a new character created for this film. He was played by Lewis Tan. Um, then 
his daughter is Emily, played by Matilda Kimber, and his wife, Alison, played by Laura Brent. We then have Sonia Blade, played by Jessica McNamee. We have Kano, played by Josh Lawson. Um, Sub-Zero, a.k.a. Uh, Bihan, played by Joe Taslim. Uh, there's Jax, played by Makad Brooks. We have got Hanzo Hashishi, a.k.a. Scorpion, played by Hiruku Sanda. We have Shang Zong, played by Chin Han. We have Lord Raiden, played by Tadunbu Azano. Uh, Loi Kang, played by Ludi Lin. Kun Lao, played by Max Hong. We have Melina, played by Sissy Stringer. We have Nitara, played by Mela Jampson. Rico, played by Nathan Jones. Kabul, played by Daniel Nelson. Ramirez, played by Ian Strez. Uh, Harumi Hazaki, played by Yukio Shinohara. Um... Yeah, I mean, I feel they're the main ones. Uh, Guru was voiced by Angus Sampson. Um, and Cabal was voiced by Damon Hermain. Uh, yeah, I think they're the, they're our main group of people. And the gist of the film is this. MMA fighter Cole Young accustomed to taking a beating for money, is unaware of his heritage or why Ot World Emperor Shang Zhong has sent his best warrior Sub-Zero an Ot-worldly cryomancer to hunt Cole down. Fearing for his family's safety, Cole goes in search of Sonya Blade at the direction of Jack's a special forces major who bears the same strange dragon marking Cole was born with. Soon he finds himself at the temple of Lord Raiden, an elder god and a protector of Earthrealm, who grants sanctuary to those who bear the mark. Here Cole trains with experienced warriors Loi Kung and Kung Lao and rogue mercenary Kano, as he prepares to stand with Earth's greatest champions against the enemies of Alt-World in a high-stakes battle for the universe. But will Cole be pushed hard enough to unlock his arcana and immerse power from within his soul in time to save not only his family, but to stop Alt-World once and for Oh, that's the question, people. That's the question. So, uh, yeah, we we start off. Um, yeah, we see Cole. You know, in a, in a fight, 
Um, we see uh, the whole uh, you know, situation between um, Sub-Zero and Freak. Uh, <laughs> yeah, name's gonna blank. Scorpion, let's just say that. We, we see their initial fight and everything that goes down. Right, that ah, uh, that was so. Is it subtitled? That so the the beginning, the first ten minutes is subtitled, and it's it kind of in the snow. So you got this white text on a light background. Yeah, super grey. <laughs> I mean, just like Jesus Christ. I don't understand the numb nuts that really put this shit together because. Anyone that looks at that and is like, yeah, that's clear. People will be able to read that. I don't know what's wrong with them. You know what I mean? They're a bunch of idiots. But yeah, so we have this opening scene, which, although I couldn't read anything that was happening, you could, it's pretty simple to follow, right? Guy with family, you know, leaves them to go get water. Family are attacked. Oh no, he comes back, but too late. You know, he just it's typical. It's, 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 you know, it's not Shakespeare. <laughs> but we have all of this, right? So then, yeah, we we kind of see Cole fighting, losing. Then he's getting accosted, saved by Jax. Right, all of this is going down. And this story, like what we have, we don't actually have a tournament, right? We, this is the lead up to a So it's a bit like the YouTube situation, right? It's the precursor to a tournament. Now with this, it, like, I don't know, man. I'm like, listen, if you're a mad fan of the game, I'm sure seeing these characters come to life gave you a little kick, right? It was a little fun. And, you know, we get their catchphrases thrown in. Ooh, Kano wins. <laughs> get over here. The problem was, the way it was, like, you're just like, no one's saying that. You know what I mean? It'd be like, oh, it, it, you know, it would have, like, the firstly, the Kano win for them. That would have been better if Sonya or Jax or Cole had said it in a mocking way. You know what I mean? You could have the fight and then one of them be like, Kano wins. You know what I mean? That works better. But to have the person say it, you just be like, oh, no. <laughs> now, it is all tongue-in-cheek, and it's fine. But I do kind of feel that some of that stuff, you know, it, it could have been worked in better, right? There could have been a bit more finessing with it. So although cheesy, you know what I mean? It, it, it just has a better feel. But so we get that. Um, 
the the weird thing for me though was the 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 story, and I don't really feel this is a spoiler, right? We're told because it might be part of the game, but supposedly the Ot world and like Ot world, just Outworld, like what are we doing here? Now, anyway, you know they've won nine tournaments and they just need to win one more, and then they get the Earth, which. I don't like that makes no real sense because you know Raiden and all of these other people I mean you're like Ellie are you really from Earth so why do you give a fuck yeah I mean like it feels kind of similar to you know Iron Fist now with Iron Fist right there's Iron there's you know the equivalent in all of the realms Right, so you've got all of these realms, and they've all got their champions, and they come together for a tournament. That makes more sense as you know the the, the kind of workings of a story. But this, it's just like, oh, we're taking control of the earth, wouldn't it be? We'll take control of all the realms. So, or just some like I feel you could have had a better anchor for the story. But the other thing that makes no sense to me here is, all right. They've won nine of the tournaments. So it's kind of, you're looking at like, oh, they've just owned it, right? They've been kicking everyone's ass. So you kind of think to yourself, why would you go through all of the rigmarole of this film when you just do the tournament and win again, right? That's the one thing that doesn't make any, like if you would, talked about it and was like, oh man, we were hard pushed to win any of those tournaments. We had to cheat. We had, you know what I mean? You'd be like, oh, okay, that makes... But otherwise, it's just like, why wouldn't you just wait for the tournament? Right? Like, why don't you just wait and then you're fine? You know? Um, they do do that thing, right? There's a point where they all go, they go to a te- the desert, right? To... um look for Raiden's temple, walking through the desert, no one is breaking a sweat, <laughs> no one, like, all the way through, like, Sonya's wearing the same garbs all the way through, which you kind of feel like, yo, kid, I mean, you you busting a shower, like, what's happening here, but yeah, wearing the same garbs all the way through, and the you know t-shirt is never ripped it doesn't look dirty at the end or anything like that there's some blood on her like face or arm or one of the one of the things right but top all of that absolutely fine and it's just like yo you're fight you're fighting you're gonna get sweaty you're gonna get messy you're gonna get dirty but no one does it's, it's just I don't know what it is. Maybe they've got special clothing that repels all of that shit. But yeah, it, it was an odd one. Like, the fights, some of the fights are, are done really well. Some of them are just a bit like, mm, I don't know. I don't know. Right? I kind of feel, and I've said this so many times when it comes to fights, right? We, we know what fighting is. We know what it is. So you can't have, like, when Sonya fights, you know, the dudes, 
and she's getting smashed in the face, you're like, yeah, that's going to fuck you up, man. You know what I mean? There's no then being all clear and... Because we, we know what fighting is. We watched, you know, UFC, mixed martial arts, all of that jazz, right? We can see how concussions work, right? All of that jazz. So, yeah, some of the fights worked. Some of the fights were just kind of hokey. What was interesting was Cole, right? This new character they've thrown in there, MMA fighter, which does he really need to be an MMA? You know what I mean? Like, MMA is popular, so they try and throw it in, but it doesn't it doesn't really add anything to this story. Whatsoever. He could have been anything. A bare fist fight, like anything. But right, so he let's just say, look, he's MMA, mixed martial arts. Now, towards the end of the film, he's using swords. And it's a bit like, you don't just pick up a sword and then become great. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a, it's a new weapon, right? There's a new fighting style. Chances are you're going to stab yourself, you know? But we don't see that. So you're like, huh? What? <laughs> yeah, that was, that was weird. There are some weird choices, you know? But listen. It is a mindless kind of film, you know? And uh, that, that's not a knock, right? It, it, I'm saying it's a mindless film where if you don't want to think, you can throw it on and you can have some fun with it. I probably would have, you know, gone... It, it could have been done a bit shorter than what it actually is, you know, because this is... Um, it's like just under two hours, right? It's kind of long for what it is, because it's just build up, right? It's just foreplay before we get a tournament, you know? So yeah, it could have been shorter and it, and it still would have been fine. Uh, but yeah, if you want something that's a little nostalgia, you love the games, you know, love the games, then, yeah, I think Mortal Kombat probably worked for you. You know, it was, it was probably a, a nice little jam. Um, it's not, like, we've seen better action films, but depending on what you're looking for coming into this, you know, then, yeah, it, it will most likely work, okay? So, I mean, it's out. You know, I watched it on Now TV. It's on uh, Apple. It's on Prime. There's all manner of places you can watch it. I think you can probably, you can buy it. There's probably a DVD. So, um, yeah, people, if you want Mortal Kombat, get over here. <laughs> Okay, so we are starting with our new films. This is the reboot. Okay, people. So we have got a new shark film. 
Yes. Now there's been a few. We we've we've yeah, I think it was in 2020, maybe 2021. That was last year. Yeah, last year. Um, anyway, we, we yeah, there was a shark film. There was a shark film that we checked out. And it's I forget the name, so you know that, that's all I can say. It's all I can say. It wasn't a great film, but it was kind of similar to this one, right? Because it was from a director who'd made a similar film, but it wasn't, and it had a similar title, but it wasn't a direct sequel. Yes. So, yeah, we are talking about The Reef Stalked. So this is written and directed by Andrew Trukey. Um, yeah, I think that's how you pronounce it. T R. A-U-C-K-I. So I'm saying Trukey. Um, yeah, Trukey, he, he wrote and then he directed this film. Now, in 2010, right, he did the same with a film called The Reef. So that was about, I think it was people attacked by a shark after they get shipwrecked. You know, um, so yeah, he's back to the shark situation, right? Um, yeah, <laughs> he likes a shark film. Whew, he likes a shark film. Now, this, you know, it's slightly different, right? They're not shipwrecked, but yeah, okay. So it is produced also by Trukey. Michael Robertson, uh, Jack Christian, and Neil Kingston. It is executive produced by Nina Corey, uh, James Norrie, and Bob Portal. And it's line produced by Heather McFarlane. Music is from Mike, Mark Smythe. Uh, cinematography is Justin Bricky. Brickley, even. It's edited by Scott Wormsley. Our casting was handled by Ben Parkinson. Production design is Dylan Schmeckenvled. Uh, art direction is Brad Dybert. And our cast. The cast is like, okay, we're only given five people which kind of stinks because on the island there's the two mothers and the two kids don't get a mention at all right that's kind of foul <laughs> it is kind of foul i've got to say but okay so our our women on this trip we have nick who is played by Teresa Lyon, Leanne, Teresa Leanne. Um, her younger sister, Annie, played by Saskia Archer. Now, also, they don't mention her other sister, Kath, right? Who's in it at the start, which is super weird, right? We've got Jodie, who is played by Anne Frog. 
Strong and Lisa, who is played by Kate Lister. Now, we do get... See, the weird thing about this all, we get Kath's boyfriend listed, Greg, who's played by Tim Ross. So, very weird credits on this film, I've got to say. Very weird credits. Not quite as weird as the synopsises for it, because... Yeah, it's an odd one, right? And I've talked about how fucking weird synopsises can be. So in this one, right? The first one we'll go with is this. In an effort to heal after witnessing her sister's horrific murder, Nick, her sister Annie, and two close friends travel to a remote Pacific island for a kayaking and diving adventure. Only hours into their expedition, the women are stalked and then attacked by a massive great white. To survive, the women will need to band together and Nick will have to overcome her post-traumatic stress, face her fears and slay a monster. That, complete trash. <laughs> so we'll look at the other one, right? So after her sister's murder... Nick and her younger sister and two friends seek solace through a Pacific Island kayaking adventure. Hours into the trip, the women are stalked by a shark and must band together, face their fears and save each other. Slightly better, still not really it. Not really it. Super weird, right? Simple. I do not know why they pull this bullshit. It makes no sense whatsoever, right? So, yes, look, what what we do see, so, you know, is Nick's sister, Kath, is killed at the beginning, right? But it's all super weird because we we see her, her get into a fight with her boyfriend that seems very heated and off-key. But... None of them, like, go, hey, you know what, Kath, come with me. Which they could have done. These aren't, I kind of get the sense these aren't super young girls. When I say super young, I mean, they're not 16-year-olds, right? They're, 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 I'm assuming they're in their 20s, right? I might be wrong, but that's the sense you get. So, I, I, yeah, I'm like, yo, you could have just said to your chick, come with me, let's go. Or, or just at least, are you okay? Nothing. Nothing, which plays kind of weird, right? Plays kind of weird. You then get this text message. And she, she goes to the house, finds her sister dead, right? You, you look at that and be like, who sent that text message? But you get the sense that it wasn't from the sister, it was from the dude, which that is just weird. But from all of this, we she doesn't see um the murder happen. That's the way she doesn't see the murder happen. So throughout the film, she's having these flashbacks of the murder happening. And you're like, you, you didn't see the murder right now. Boom, you can be sad your sister is murdered. That's fine. But for it to go 
it's weird, right? And if you're playing out, like, oh, what happened? You know, there wouldn't just be this one definitive, be like, oh, it must have happened like this. You'd have loads of different things floating through the head, right? You'd be like, oh, did this happen? Or maybe it went down like this. Oh, what? You know what I mean? So just the way that is used is weird, right? It's just weird. It makes no, no sense. No sense. Like, I mean, the synopsis is odd, right? And I feel that it, you know, that plays into the film, right? Because in this film, we're meant to see, firstly, there's these three sisters, right? Nick, Kath, and Annie. And then two close friends, Lisa and uh, Jody. No real emotional link, right? You do not feel an emotional link with any of these people, right? Just the conversation, the way everything, it does not feel like these people have been friends or relatives, you know what I'm saying? It's weird. It's fucking flat. It's so flat, right? The trip. Now, now, right, we meet Annie. And she doesn't dive. She doesn't do anything. It, it seems like she's just a computer game player. You know, doesn't really want to do this other stuff. And then all of a sudden, now she's down for this big kayaking trip. Right? Which, listen, here's the thing. If you've never done that shit before, that's going to, like, your arms are going to be super fucking tight. Like, super tired. You know what I mean? It, it, it's just the amount of times, right, in, in uh, like, boxing. The amount of boxing classes and Mai Tai and all of this that I've done, right? People turn up thinking, oh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I can box. Like, after throwing a few punches, it's like, oh, fuck, my arms are tired. Like, what the fuck? I lift weights. I do this. My arm shouldn't be this tired. And it's because you're doing something you, your body's not done before, right? You're using different muscles. It's a whole thing. So kayaking is exactly the same, right? If you've just done a rowboat around a lake, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? That can tire the shit out of your arms. So the likelihood, right, of, of these girls inviting Annie on this trip, it seems super odd, super dubious, because it's like they would know, right? It seems like they kayak all the time. They would know, be like, actually, this is a, this ain't the trip to be inviting this chick on. You know what I mean? Or you have a different thing being like, all right, you go on the boat with the, the, the engine or there'd be something, but there's, you don't see anything, right? So it's, Really just weird in that respect. Now, I will say, right, the young lady that plays Annie, um, who is uh, Saskia Archer, I believe, right, 
handles like emotion. She plays the emotion and everything. Like you, you, you like actually, you're very believable, right? You're very. Some of the some of the actors mm, aren't really convincing me about shit, right? Aren't really convincing me. The story is just super flimsy, right? And <laughs> this is something that's super weird, right? And I don't think it's my dodgy eyesight either. Because there's times when they're trying to get to an island, right? From one island to another. And you're shown where they are. And they're pretty close. Then in the next shot, they're pretty far away. And you're like, listen, I understand currents. Right, you know, a lot of times in surfing, and suddenly you find yourself all the way out, right? And you're like, "Hold on, I was just close to the beach. What the fuck? I don't want to have to paddle all the way back." You know what I mean? So listen, tides can take you for sure, for sure. But yeah, it's super weird when they show you one thing, and then suddenly, you know, we're in this different situation, right? It, it makes no sense. It makes no sense whatsoever. You're, you're, you're scratching your head like, hold on a second. You know what I mean? That don't, that don't make sense. That don't work out, right? That don't work out at all. <laughs> it, it, it's just, yeah, like, I mean, you, you kind of feel the, the, the shock that you have of, of coming across this shark when... You, there's this really just weird part when Lisa's like, oh, so, oh, he, you met the man in the grey suit. You got the man in the grey suit? Yeah, the man in the grey suit. Oh, who's that? Oh, that's what surfers call sharks. And I'm just like, you're full of shit. <laughs> now, some numbnut might have said that one or two times, but it's, it's not a universal thing, right? Every time it's like, have you seen a, there's a man in a grey suit out today? Not quite sure. When it's just quicker to be like, you see a shark. <laughs> you know what I mean? You see a shark or have you seen the guy in the grey suit? Because, yeah, you can get grey wetsuits. That's super confusing. What the fuck, right? But, you know what I mean? Lisa's just like, oh, yeah, I've seen sharks all the time. You know what I mean? And Jody mentions, oh, yeah, that might be a baby shark. Oh, yeah, Reefy, we see them all the... So it's just like they know sharks will be out there. But it's just super like, oh, no, there's a shark. I can't believe there's a shark. And it's just like, wait, what is wrong with you group, man? You're a bunch of numbnutties. And then the, the whole solution for getting rid of the shark is... Just, I, I mean, boy, <laughs> there's a few things that will irritate you in this, right? So the last big shark attack, and what happens to Annie, you be like, what? <laughs> so that's going to get you. Then there's this whole thing. Like, the, the anchor thing is just stupid. Then there's the net situation. And you firstly, you'd be like, all right, okay. But then it's just like, hold on, how is someone else falling in that net? 
and if you're both trapped in this net, how, right? Like, how? And here's the thing, right? There's a, there's a scene in this film with um, RCP, RC, ugh, what's the resuscitation? RPC, RCP, you know, whatever the fuck. When you have to resuscitate someone, you know, pump in the chest, but pump, 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 pump. You don't have to do that. All you have to do is go, oh, no, please, please breathe. And then you get a, <laughs> you just say, wait, what? <laughs> you know, this person's been underwater for a long ass time. There's no, you know, manipulation of the chest. It's just, please, please. And it's just like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to start breathing. Oh, my days. Yo, <laughs> listen, now, I will say, right, I do get super, uh, super uncomfortable, it, you know what I mean, with the whole build up to the shark attacks, I mean, that is partly because, I don't know, man, just, just watching, like, sharks, crocodiles, eh, like, snakes, Oh, you just feel super uncomfortable just seeing any sort of like interaction with those things. You know what I mean? Because it's just like, yo, why are you playing? We all know these motherfuckers ain't to be messed with. What are you doing? You know what I mean? It, it's uh, so yeah. The, the, it does make you feel uncomfortable in those moments, which is a good thing for this type of film. I will say. Listen, if you enjoyed Andrew's 2010 endeavor, you know, the original The Reef, right? And you enjoy, you know, these shark films, look, The Reef Stalked will be your jam, right? There was there was another film, it was on Netflix, I believe. I believe it was on Netflix. It could have been early this year. But I have no clue what's going down with time, people. So you know what I mean, could have been early this year. Could have been last year. There was a shark film on Netflix. We did talk about it on this podcast. There was another shark film from, uh, I believe, from Shudder that we talked about. It was a shark. It might have been an alligator. No, there was definitely an alligator one in the pool, right? In the empty pool. I'm not talking about that one, people. We're talking about another one. But, oh, no, that was the one in the house. No, there was another one. There was a, not, no, it's another one. But I think, yeah. That's the one with the dude who did the one that was based on an older film he did, but not really a sequel. I can't remember shit, people. I, that is, you know. Anyway, if you enjoyed those films, then The Reef Stalked will be you, right? But do not expect Oscar-winning performances or an Oscar-winning story, you know what I mean? But, yo, The Reef is out there now. You can watch it on, you know, your favorite digital platforms. It's on Shudder too. And if you really want to own it, you can get a DVD from the 8th of August. So, yeah, there you go, people. There you go. Uh, 
It's our other new film of the week. As it were, it is time for Lion Spy. Lion Spy. This is an interesting one, right? Because I didn't even know about this. But I was talking to the PR agency about one film. And they're like, oh, do you want to take a look at Lion Spy? I was like, yeah, why not? Let's give it, let's give it a go. Also, I was intrigued. And I I saw some, <laughs> a little bit of info. And it was like a woman goes undercover with lions. And I was a bit like, say what? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> right? I, I, I thought it was going to be kind of similar to uh, Herniverts of some, the bear man. The bear man. Whatever, the grizzly, grizzly man. That was the name of that one, right? <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. You ever see a crazy person try and live with lions? This could be insane. Um, It's not that. <laughs> it isn't that. But it is uh, It's still... Well, it's interesting. But I do have thoughts on it. Right, so it is written and directed by Josie Rubin. Right, she's just like, my friends call me Rogue. And I was like, why? <laughs> I mean, at least give me context. Why the fuck they call you Rogue? Because, you know, I'm, it's not obvious for sure. Right, um, she also produces the film with David Gross. It is edited and co-produced by Katie Flaxman. Uh, the music is from Brett Rosenberg. Uh, sound design is Keith Thomas Asg. Um, there's more kind of editing from Marcus Friedlander. Um, also some more editing from Choice Esk. Garado, uh, Chris Dibiek, executive producers. Uh, you know, the layout of the information is horrible. <laughs> it's really fucking horrible and very hard to, uh, you know, I mean, properly see who the fuck is doing what. But anyway, there's a whole heap of other people involved in this. Right, the the gist of the film is what a frack. I had the uh, man when you have to mess around with these things, uh, it gets a little crazy. Okay, part thriller, part expose. The dramatic lion spy has it all when a director. Josie Rubin, a young woman who wants to prevent the extinction of wild lions, creates a false identity to portray herself as a big game photographer and rather seamlessly infiltrates the male-dominated world of trophy hunters in Africa, she inadvertently puts herself at tremendous personal risk. As she explores 
clandestine operations along with men and guns amidst the isolated African plains, she realizes if she is found out, she will be killed. What she captures on camera literally takes your breath away with an outcome no one could have imagined. This is a documentary that cannot be missed. Okay, so yes, there you go. Now, I would say I find a lot of that weird, right? Because this is the thing. She goes undercover, but as a photographer, right? It's undercover as a photographer. There's not really, feasibly, right? There's not really a huge way where anyone would be like, hold on, you're not really a wild game photographer. You know? It, it, it's like, unless she said something stupid, she's not getting found out. So when you talk about, you know, personal risk and all it's not like infiltrating, you know, let's just say the Nazis or you know, something like that. It's not that, right? Trying to get, pretend you're a KGB spy. It's not that. <laughs> you know? And whereas it's like, oh yeah, so I was thinking I'll create a fake account. And it's like, yeah, that's not exactly it. Like, everyone knows how to create a fake account. If you wanted to create a fake account, right? It's not crazy stuff, but the way it's presented is if, like, yo, I want to say, I'm going to create an account that's not mine. I know no one else has ever done this. This is what I'm going to try and do. No, it, it, you're not doing anything that means. Like millions of people. Like there's so many people with fake, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram accounts. You know what I mean? Like multiple email accounts. It, it, it's something that happens. You know how to do it, right? It's not rocket science, you know? So, yeah, that element of it was a little bit weird. Like trying to keep on going, oh, yeah. So, and she kept on whispering when she was alone in hotel rooms. It's like you're not sharing the room with anyone else. You don't have to whisper, kid. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? That was a bit weird, right? It just came off a bit weird. But you know, I I would say, and essentially what she wants to do, yeah. I mean, it's a nice thing. Right, one of it's a blurb comes up. It's like hundred years ago, there were over two hundred thousand wild lions living in Africa. Today, they are extinct in twenty six countries. Can you imagine a world without the Lion King? There are only twenty thousand remaining in the wild. That is a less than the number of people at a Lakers basketball game in Los Angeles. They are being hunted to extinction. And, I mean, this is something I knew just from, you know, I watch a lot of friggin' animal documentaries. And I listened to a lot of talks around wildlife 
prevention and just all of this kind of stuff. So it, it's stuff that you pick up and you understand and you know. And also the nuance of hunting, right? Because there's hunting and there's trophy hunting. Two real different things, right? But even trophy hunting, there is, there is a nuance to it. Right, and it's something I don't think was really explored, right? Because I think when you're doing this, when you're talking, you have to kind of break because it's more than just trophy hunting, right? It is an economic thing, right? It's when all of these African countries, you know, were able to get their independence from the colonies. You know I mean, like countries, before they gave a country back, they literally just took all the resources, right? All the resources, left the countries in crazy debt. Like, oh, I'll give you a loan. You've got to pay it back, right? It's just all of this craziness. So now you're in a situation where there's not a lot of money, right? You're trying to get money. You throw in politics, which is always corrupt. So then any money coming into the country, there is a likelihood it's getting siphoned off, which we know, right? We know this is a thing. And you have to consider this with all of these discussions, right? Because, the you know, there is a part of, like the hunting, and this one, it did get mentioned in the thing, right? Because there are these times, and you've said, you know, this is stuff that also, I believe that Attenborough brought it up in the documentary series he made for Apple last year, I believe it was. I think it was last year. It might have been 2020. I forget. But it's like, when animals get old, and they don't always get old, right? It's a dog-eat world over there. Um, but you have the old lion, let's say, you know, because it could be anything, elephant, hippo, tiger, whatever. But they get old, and then they try and kill off the younger ones. Right, and it's just like which is not good because now they're not, they can't really produce, but they're killing off the the viable substitutes, right? And it all gets this messy thing. Sometimes they go a little crazy, you know, CTE <laughs> as they're running into trees. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Um, but yeah, then they start, you know, maybe they go into certain areas and they start killing off you know, like um, wild stock and farmers and stuff like that. Sometimes it's, you know, they're killing off villages and stuff. So you need to get someone to take care out. And, you know, we see it in this documentary where, uh, you know, there's an American guy and his daughter and they're on this hunt. And they're like, oh, we're stopping up here because we're going to take out this thing. Blah, blah, blah. And she's just like, oh, there's plenty of hunters in Africa that could do it. I mean, like, yeah, there are, but, you know, a lot of times a village will go, hey, give us this amount of money, 
you can then take this take out this animal right and yeah means they get that money which then they can use to buy food and whatnot right and so it's situation is now don't get me wrong it's not that all the time it's not that all the time right but there there is that which is the whole thing of yeah there are local hunters but people need the money you know and she's all about these charities and and i'm just like where is that money going you know there's a lot of them give it to the, the government to then help but then the government's corrupt and the, you know what I mean? so there, there's this nuance to this whole thing now look you get the just straight up trophy hunters you know because sometimes as well when they kill it for the village they give the village the meat right they just they just want the skin or the head or you know, so there's these different things, but I think it's it's something that you have to consider in this whole conversation, because it's not as simple as oh we need to stop this. It's just like yo, it's a, it's an economic thing, right? You need to help the fucking country. You need to help the continent, right? When it's like you look at right now, the amount of money that's going to Ukraine is insane it's insane like we have never seen people give that amount of money to any other place and there's genocides there's wars there's famines drought there's all manner of things happening around the world you know Puerto Rico right there's stuff in uh, like Uganda you know what I mean like uh, just so many places, so many places, hardship and desolation, and we don't see people rally like they have towards Ukraine, right? But you know, we need that in some places, and making people more economic secure would solve or at least help a lot of situations like this. You know, but yeah, she, she's talking about all of these things and you know, ways to help and just all of stuff like that. I thought it was interesting how maybe there's a, 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 a simple reason why, but she did not interview any black people, right? Any black people around conservation or anything like that just all white people all white people and she's always going like um oh yeah, the real problem is just white people white men that are doing this thing I'm like yo you're a white woman right you're a fucking white woman shut the fuck up you're, you're not interviewing any black people the one time she would show black people and it was these weird shots she chose shots of like poor kids running through the street or playing with like you know substitute footballs and things like that. They're the only black people that she really showed, other than guides. There's a few guides. They're the only black people in show, and it's just 
yeah, it felt super fucking weird. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, if you go to the website, there's a picture of, I mean, she's selling hoodies or something, and there's a picture of a black, little black kid wearing a hoodie. That's it. Right, that's it. You know, and I find that, you know, it's kind of off-putting. It's sort of like off-key, you know? There's plenty of black people doing this conservation fight, right? Trying to improve these situations, and she didn't speak to any. Now, as I said, there may be a, a straight reason for it, right? And she asked people, there was no availability or anything, but yeah, feels, feels odd. Feels odd watching this. It's just like, oh, you know, it's like a dangerous mind situation. White woman trying to save people. It's like, ah, you know? And even when, like, she would go to these places and stuff, like, I'm going to go and I'm going to ask them these questions. But, like, even the questions, like, at the very end when she talks to this one dude, it's, it's like, it's not a, um, Oh God! What do you call? Um, fuck! Forget the name. But it, it, it's it's not the a KAD situation, right? It's not a, like the level of investigate investigative journalism, right? It's not that, right? There's no hard hitting questions being asked. She repeats the same thing. She doesn't try and frame, you know, the, the, these questions that dig into the situation she's just like oh yeah this is a fact blah 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 tell me this oh tell me that isn't this a thing and i'm just like again it's not really getting to any of the real issues and this is like well how did you think homie was going to respond to any of these things right it was wow Look, and I said, I, I feel that her heart is in the right place, but it reads kind of weird, this whole thing. It does read kind of weird, you know? But I don't know, man. I'm like, look, anything that can start a conversation, I'm all about that. So if this can start a conversation, fire. I don't know if it will, you know, but people, you can watch this, right? You know, if it if it feels like it's something that you want to be down with, yeah, you can watch this. It is available. Um, gosh, I believe it's the first of April. First of April. Um, on all your favorite VODs, right? So iTunes, Apple TV, Google, Amazon, YouTube, all of them places you can get Lion Spy. So if you're intrigued, right, you want to be like, oh, how's she doing this? What's she getting into? All of that. Yeah, you'll be able to... Uh, Check it out from the first, you know. Now, 
I would say, don't do what she does. But she does that in the beginning. She's like, yeah, like a lot of people, I get my news from uh, YouTube. <laughs> like, you know, social media. And it's just like, yeah, well, maybe don't do that. Right? I think a sensible person is getting in. But she's like, oh, there was one guy, again, white. He's like, oh, he's doing a conservation thing. And she's like, uh, yeah, I spoke to him. And it seems that he didn't really know anything. And, uh I think he's doing it for the wrong reasons. And I'm just like, you don't know everything. <laughs> you know, so he's kind of stones in a glass house here. And if he is raising money and helping, it's still something. Like he's still, he might not know all the facts, but like you go to a lot of CEOs, they don't know all the facts, but they employ people that do. So it's a bit like, I, I didn't have a, like, it was a bit like, if I've got an issue with him, then I've got an issue with her. You know what I mean? So it's just like, I'm not looking at him as being evil, crazy, because it's just like, as, as I've said, right? I find she's not looking into the whole thing. And it, it didn't really feel like she has done a huge amount of research into any of this. Right? Which is weird. So when she's just like, oh, this person, that person, and I was like, yo, do your own research, kid. You know what I mean? You, you just, you're calling these people out, but what what are you doing? You know what I mean? What are you doing? Like, again, at the very end of the film, um, yeah, I was going to end, but, you know, fuck yeah, a bit more to say. Right? It's just like, oh, if every person skipped one cup of coffee a day and donated that money we'd save the thing and i'm like no no you wouldn't right because governments are corrupt and they steal a lot of the conservation money like they steal a lot of the money of everything but yeah that conservation money they're taking a lot of that shit right so no that's not doing it you can't say, hey, everyone, skip your coffee, donate your money to her place, right? She's like, go to my website and you can donate. It's just like, listen, you have to have a solution for the corruption. Because, look, we saw it with the water bucket. The water bucket? The ice bucket? I think it was the ice bucket, right? That challenge. Not, like... I think it was a 0.1% of the money was going to Lou Gehrig's disease. Or is it a ASL? Whichever, whichever the fucking disease that was meant to be doing, that money was not going to it, right? So it's not just a, oh, donate your money and we can save. No, but you haven't addressed the corruption, dum-dum. Boy, film done, right? Film done. So... Yeah, listen, Lion Spy, she doesn't go undercover dressed like a lion, so it's not that, but she does take a look at this thing. So if you're intrigued, if you're all about conservation, you might want to watch it and go, okay, what is she saying? You know, what, what, what's her take on the situation? And you can find out all your favorite VODs from the 1st of August. <laughs>
people, we've been promising it for the past few weeks. Yo, we finally got round to it. People, get ready for more love. Well, people, I finally did it. Yes, I finally got to see for for love and thunder. Oh man, yo, this was. I mean, if you thought Ragnarok was crazy, this was so much more. Right? It is so interesting the way this franchise has gone from, you know, I mean, the pretty straight lace first four film. Then you had Dark World, which I enjoyed. I don't really give a fuck what people say, but it's not a bad film. You know what I mean? And then it just goes crazy with Ragnarok, right? It's a complete 180. And this, it's Ragnarok on steroids, essentially. You know what I mean? So um, Takawatiti is back in the directing chair, and he co-writes it with Jennifer Katyn Robinson. Um, and he, he came up with the uh, story as well, which, you know, kind of makes sense. <laughs> kind of makes sense. Though, right, it is partly, like, a lot of the story is based on, um, hmm, I think it was Jason Aaron. Right? I do believe it was Jason Aaron's run on the, uh, you know, in the comics that introduced gore and, uh, you know, just all that god butchery. So, yeah, I, I, I do believe that was the case. Um, and while I'm saying this, I did just quickly have a look at... Uh, Wikipedia, and yes, it does say uh, that's the thing because in that comic, that's when Jane becomes four, and we have all of that craziness and cancer, and you know, right? Now, there were new elements that got added, you know, like the guardians and just all of that, but yeah, yeah, it was uh, yeah, it's a crazy one. It is produced by Brad Windermorm, um, Kevin Faig. It is co-produced by David J. Grant. Executive produced by Victoria Alonso, Brian Chepek, Louise D'Espitio, uh, Todd Hallowell, and uh, Chris Hensworth. Line produced by Charles Neworth. Music is from Nami Mel Melamad and Michael Gachanani. Uh, Barry Baz Ayadim handles the cinematography. It is edited by Peter S. Elliott, Tim Roche, Matthew Schmidt, and Jennifer Vecarelio. 
Casting was handled by Sarah Finn and Danish Mania. Production design is Islam Gamal and Nigel Phelps. Uh, art direction, we had Vlad Bina, Andrew Chan, Joshua Dobkin, Tony Drew, Jenny Hitchcock, Charlie Rivea, and Jessica Shorten. Set decoration is Katie Sharrock. Costume design is Maisie C. Ribeiro. All right. Um, yeah, which was, you know, there is a lot, a lot happening on uh, on this one. So, uh, yeah, man, just sort of like mad props to everyone involved because it looks great. It does look really good as a film. A lot of, you know what I mean? It's, uh, yeah, it's an impressive film, right? Marvel, yeah, they know how to do it right. You know what I mean? They know how to do it right, okay? So our cast, the cast is interesting because there's a lot of cameos in this. There's a lot. And I do wonder, right, with some of them, is it because cats were, like, locked down in Australia? So it was just like, you know what? Why don't you just come on by? Yeah, you just do. You know what I mean? Because it's just like, with everyone locked down, nothing to do. Why not, right? Make a little extra scratch. Do your little fun thing. Hang out with your buddies. But, you know, Chris Hensworth is back as four. Natalie Portman is Jane Foster. Um, Kate Cat, Cat Dennings is um, back. Not for long. <laughs> she she's uh, just uh, you know just in the beginning as Darcy. Um, yeah, Idris Elba is you know there as Hemdall. Um, so we also have, uh, Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie, uh, Taka, he's obviously the voice of Korg, right? Voices some other stuff in the film as well. You have Jamie Alexander as Sif again, Chris Pratt as Peter Quill, aka Star-Lord, so we've got Dave Bautista as Drax. Karen Gillan as Nebula, Pom Clementif as Mantis, um, Vin Diesel as Groot, Bradley Cooper as Rocket, you know what I mean? Uh, we've got Christian Bale, yeah, Christian Bale, Batman plays Gore, the God Butcherer. Bloody good as well. Russell Crowe is Zeus. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's right, people. Uh, Carly Rez is Niek. Um, now, Ben Falcone and Melissa McCarthy, they show up. <laughs> that's what I'm saying about people just being around, man, you know. Uh, we got Stephen Curry as King Yakan. Um, doo -doo -doo -doo. 
who else of note do we have? Uh, Kieran Eldaya is Hindle's son. Axel. Uh, Russell, Simon Russell Beale is Danaios. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's, there's, there's just a load of like Hensworth's family all up in the film. Yeah, there's a yeah, there's a lot, there's a load of people doing their thing in this one. People, there's a load of people doing their thing and doing it well. I think that's the thing, doing it well, right? So the gist is this, Thor's retirement is interrupted by a galactic killer known as Gore the God Butcherer, who seeks the extinction of gods. To combat the threat, Thor enlists the help of King Valkyrie, Korg, and ex-girlfriend Jane Foster, who, to Thor's surprise, inexplicably wields his magical hammer, Moinya, as the mighty Thor. Together they embark upon a harrowing cosmic adventure to uncover the mystery of the god Butcher's vengeance and stop him before it's too late. So yeah, that's, that's the film. Now, as I said, look, if you've read the Jason Aaron comics, there is a lot of nods to that in here, right? There, there's a scene with Jane in bed, and then Mjolnir is just there, and it's like that whole thing, boom, straight, panel for panel. You know what I mean? Like, we get some good shit, some good shit up in here, man. It really is. But then there's some new shit, right? I can't remember Gore's actual motivation in the comic book. I know there was, like, when you read it, you were like, yeah, I mean, yeah, there is a legitimate thing there, for real. Right? Now, um, so there's a similar thing here, but, right, so it opens with Gore's story. And, you know what I mean? You can definitely vibe with Gore. You can see where my man's coming from, right? Which is great because they make you kind of feel for Gore, right? So then when all the other stuff is going on, you're like, yeah, but I mean, come on. Are the gods really great? They're kind of cunts, right? That's the thing. These gods, they're not great people, you know? So, yeah, they, that's interesting. That's interesting. So we get that. The film itself, though, right? As I said, look, Ragnarok was crazy. This is Ragnarok on DMT. You know what I mean? It is just trippy and crazy. Is It's like, it's kind of hammed up, right? In a way, it's kind of hammed up. But doing it like it's saying, yeah, we know what we're doing, Right? It's like that. If you enjoyed stuff like Flash Gordon, you know, you know the eighties classic, you know, Flash, ah, he saved every one of us. Then you will dig this. Like it's it's, it's kind of got that feel to it. You know what I mean? 
kind of got that feel to it. So it's crazy, it's ridiculous, but it's got these real touching, you know what I mean, heartfelt moments, you know, talking about relationships and love and loss and what it means to seize the day and just all of that. Right, you have these moments where you're like, oh fuck, oh no, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, what's this? my eyes are wet, what's happening? You know what I mean? Like, you're not expecting it, but it doesn't feel weird, right? It, 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 it's kind of against the grain, but it works so well, it works so well, right? And that's a crazy thing. This film is. It, it, it just feels like it's weighted in the right positions. You know what I mean? It's got a nice balance to it, which is fun as fuck, which is fun as fuck, people. I I did really enjoy this film. I ain't gonna lie, right? So it's, you, you need to know that shit. I enjoyed the fuck out of this. You know, it was just, yeah, it was fun. And then, you know, when we get to, uh, fuck, what was it called? Oponius, Oponius, that's not the name. It begins with an O, where all the gods are, and you have Zeus. Russell Crowe as Zeus. Like, like it's funny, last week, he's a, a boxer, right? A bare-knuckle boxer, and he... I mean, he chewed the fuck out of that scenery. Oh, my days. But it's in a different way, right? It, it, it's kind of like in Prize Fire, you feel that Russell Crowe is chewing it up. But if, with the conceit of this is incredible, right? In, in, in this Zeus, like... <laughs> Now, they say it's a Greek accent. I don't know if I'm calling that a Greek accent, but he... <laughs> Yo, what he does, it, it's... Uh, yeah, it's out there. It's hilarious. It's great. It's great. Yeah, Zeus. <laughs> the whole... The whole god thing, like, the Bayo god... Like, it was, that was just out of left field. You're just like, you know what I mean? Oh, there's, there's, there's Korg's gog. There's that god. Wait, Bayo? <laughs> what? What the fuck? A dumpling. There's a dumpling up in there. You know what I mean? Like, yo, this is, this is interesting. But yeah, no, all of that was great. All of that was great. You know what I mean? Just, yeah, just like playing on meditation and just all of these things, man. You just get this whole, you know, like the, the, oh, well, you know, I broke up with you. And I like the relationship craziness before it gets heartfelt, right? But yeah, like the end works, all of that, people. Yeah, for love and thunder, boom. I, I, a very enjoyable entry in the MCU. Now, there are cut scenes, right? The first cut scene is maybe the most important one of the two, 
right? Because it, I feel it clearly is leading to something that might come in the next four film. You know, maybe they play it in a TV show or another film, but I kind of feel it's a nice setup for the next four film. And yeah, yeah, I think it could be interesting. Could be interesting. And also, this, this, like, yeah, we get to see this character who, you know, has definitely played around in the, uh, the you know what I mean, the Marvel universe a lot. Had some big roles, done some things. So, yeah, very interesting to see what outcomes of that. And at the very end, there is another cutscene. A lot of people, I think most of the people had left the cinema, which I never understand. I'm like, you know this cutscenes. Marvel invented the cutscene, motherfucker. What are you doing, right? The end of credit scene. Cutscene. End of credit scene. Anyway, now this one... Maybe not so important, but it does open up possibilities. It does open up possibilities. So remember that, people. You've got an early scene, and then at the very end, at the very end, there's another one. But yeah, if you haven't seen it, and you enjoyed Ragnarok, you enjoyed Flash Gordon, I say you're going to love Love and Thunder. For sure. You know, I will say, right, if, if you are really thinking about it, this is fucking hair metal, right? It is hair metal. You know what I mean? Like, people, some people love it. Some people uh, roll their eyes. Some people, like, tell their friends, oh, it's awful. But secretly, secretly, they are jamming to it. You know what I mean? But, yeah, it, do you know what I mean? I feel that's the a good way to describe it for love and thunder is hair metal. Now, I mean, they obviously we get the guns and roses and all of that kind of thing, but yeah, it, it, it's uh, yeah, I forget that big hair metal, it's like Def Leppard, and you know, what I mean, just all of that stuff. And uh, there's something thunder, right? It's still, still pamper. That's it. Yeah. That's what this is. You know what I mean? But people, I loved it. So yeah, it's um, still in the cinema. Might come to Disney Plus soonish. It's been around since, oh, we're still in July. It's still July. Yeah. Hasn't really, you know, no, it's probably not coming soon. Is it? Yeah, we'll be in the cinema for a while. I don't know what I'm thinking, people. Fuck it. Go cinema. Go watch it. It's fun. Okay, people, are you ready? We are looking to that time again, right? We are coming to a close on another episode. I know, not all people must come to a people, but people bounce.
Right there working out a new deal for Lion Right, so There's the new Ferrari biopic from Michael There's the Marsh King daughter from Neil You know what I mean? And also, there's the sequel to Greenland. Which we, yeah, we looked at Greenland, right? That was, I think that was in 2020, right? Yeah, it was Anyway, so yeah, that's getting worked out, people. Um, also, now, it seems a weird one, right? I, I always find it weird when they, they make a film of a TV series, especially when, you know, it might be popular to an extent, but only within a niche, you know what I mean? But, hey, who am I? You know what I mean? Who am I? Uh, you know what I mean? Talk on these things. Anyway, right? We are getting a film of the blinders right and the word is script is nearly done so i'm thinking you're going to be looking to i don't imagine they'd be looking to do it pretty quick you know because um yeah the series is now finished i believe so you don't want to get too cold on the idea you know what I mean? So, I imagine they want to get that thing out there. You know what I mean? Okay. So, um, look, we know you're getting three three. Right? First one, solid. Yeah, it's a little shady. It's a little shady. It's a little shady. But you may be enough to warrant a bird, right? But um, yeah, it is, uh, you know, it's been pushed back a little bit. Right. Gonna be directed by Michael B. Jordan, right? Directing a feature. Um, yeah, we know that you know Tessa Thompson is back as the promising girlfriend, right? So I'm gonna do more of that character this time around. Um, yeah. Now, Jonathan Major is gonna be the big bad in this one, right? Anderson Bailey. But if you look at the two, Jonathan Major in real life is probably kicking Michael G. Gordon's 
You know what I mean? But hey, we'll see what happens with this. Now, interest in Right? So that's been pushed back. But, right, word comes that then left the TV series spin Yeah. Now, so actually, it might not be a TV series. Right? It might be a film. Ain't gonna lie. I just threw in TV series. I might be talking out of my <laughs> But it's gonna be called supposedly Dragon. Now, that could well change. Right? So I imagine it's gonna spin out of the same film. You would think, because that would make sense. Because, you know, we have Aiden in it and his son, right? Uh, but no word actually is, um, yeah, this would be following, right? Whether it's following his son or the dad, it probably makes more sense to follow the son, right? Because, you know what I mean? I mean, you could follow both, but they were both monsters, right? So one loss, you kind of feel that's probably not going to be what you know what I mean? So yeah, well, we'll see what happens, right? We'll see. This has to be good. Drag the Ivory Dragon is huge. So he loses one fight. There's other belts. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, you wouldn't think, oh, he's tired. He's going off of those other belts and then you set up another confrontation, right? But, you know, these are fictions of, hey, like the fights themselves make no sense. So why should you still <laughs> You know? You know? Okay. So Taron Egerton has got a new film coming. It's called Carry On. And it's not a continuation uh, of those British comedy weird films. This is a Netflix thriller. Right, so um, it's being directed by Juan Alexandra, and it says to follow Ethan a young TSA agent who gets blackmailed by a mysterious traveler to let a so yeah, I imagine he's dead on a mission to try and fight Right, so so um Chris McCleary is making another um mission impossible right eight entry in the franchise and I feel it's just going to be into two, right? I think it I might be wrong. But what I do know is, 
Alanine, right? Let's join the car. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. Well, I wouldn't say you, uh, you might be playing, right? You know, no word Find out who you we have got a, um, you know, Michael Mansfield, right, Ferrari, you know I mean? That has just added Jack O'Connell and Twins, 
I'm sure you know the deal of my right? I'm gonna say, I've not seen it, right? Like, I don't see any right now this is a crazy thing right she said it is her story we will tell her lens which we will see him and his imagination there's no better way to honor him than to grant him his wish for me to the screen i mean it's not really her story really you know what i mean because we don't know her story she couldn't tell us her story this is someone's view on what it possibly could be which is fine that's not fair, that's not fair. That's kind of fucking crazy. You know what I mean? Hey, Philip K. Dick was a dawn in the sci fi right? So, hey, I'm down to check it out. Regardless of the crazy. You know what I mean? Martin McDonough has the banshee of in 
Heroes. They actually used to be. Woo! 
So the British Admiralty set the special trial to uncover the truth. I mean, right? If that's not a fucking story, I do not know what it is. Right? I'm down for that. I'm down for that. Okay. So let's end with this, right? Because, man, Lovecraft Country was incredible. Right? Misha Green, she did a great job with that. So when you heard she'd been tapped to direct the new Tomb Raider film, you're like, okay, okay, let's see what she can do. Unfortunately, that is no longer happening, right? It's no longer happening. And that is because the film rights are now up to that. You know what I mean? So they, they have... Um, Back to Graham King, and he's achieved a film. No MGM, just man, they sound it mad too long, right? If they had started production, it would have been fine. So that means everyone is now viable, right? We make studios, streamers. They are all looking to grab Lara from, you know, so, most imagine that whoever gets it is recasting, so Alicia Vikander no longer Misha Green will no longer be set to direct, I kind of feel that they should be going on to direct, like, Vikander wasn't a bad Lara Croft, she was better Angelina Jolie, for sure. But